It's time to be all that you can be in 23, starting with a cold plunge to get a natural boost in energy. Focus, discipline, and resilience. The plunge can provide you with all that brilliance. This is the ultimate home cold water therapy experience. A sleek, slick, custom-designed unit that gives you ready access to a cold bath of clean, filtered, circulating water that you can set to your desired temperature. Don't fool around lugging bags of ice from the supermarket for once-in-a-while action. Get the plunge so you will actually stick with your protocol and enjoy it. Visit at thecoldplunge.com to learn all about this sensational product and the benefits of therapeutic cold water exposure. They'll deliver a plunge to your home for free, and then you have easy, simple setup, regular plug-in, and you're off and running. I set mine to 39. I don't spend a lot of time, but the experience is prime, and I'm focused and energized for a fantastic day and more resilient against all other forms of stress in life. Take the plunge, people, and also check out their new Rebounder mini trampoline to pair with plunging and optimize lymphatic function. It's all at thecoldplunge.com, and you can't lose with their generous 30-day money-back guarantee and special discount for BRAD podcast listeners using the code BRAD, thecoldplunge.com. Welcome to the Be Rad Podcast. It's Brad Kearns. These are our sponsors. Male Optimization Formula with Organs. Brad's Macadamia Masterpiece. Perfect Keto Ketone Supplements. Carol Fit Stationary Bike. Organifi Superfood. Viore Clothing. And Let's Get Check.com Home Testing. And please visit the BradKearns.com shop page for my personal selection of favorite products for health, fitness, and peak performance with great discounts offers and now here we go with the show mofo in the last 10 15 20 years thanks to the connection afforded by the internet uh, we have seen a rapid escalation of progressive culture all over the place tremendous importance these days of exercising discipline restraint selectivity and being proactive with your use of technology rather than reactive and letting it define your life and when the text message ding goes off you reach for it reflexively and you disengage from whatever conversation or important thing you're doing at the time the main goal of all the providers of technology all the big players in the internet is to engage as much of our attention as possible the more attention they uh, grab from us the more money they make hey hey it's time for part two of the grand experiment to predict the future of health and fitness and how you can transform your life we can do this together in 2021 and beyond these are my hot topics things on my mind and they're formulated into nine steps to improving your life in every direction. So in show number one, we spent a long time talking about diet and the importance and the new trend of personalizing your approach to healthy eating rather than just uh, signing up for a template and following that to the letter because someone else recommended it or someone's feeling great. Uh, we got to do a lot of a lot more experimenting and personalization, uh, things like carb intake, things like fasting, all that kind of stuff was covered along with the one-two punch of micro workouts, the fitness breakthrough of the century, and number three on the list, a kinder, gentler approach to fitness. 
leaving a little bit in the tank each time, uh, evolving your approach to be more broad-based rather than uh, getting overdone, overcooked by chronic cardio, those kind of topics. So please listen to that show, and then we'll pick it up right now uh, with the fourth item on the list, kind of a wild card, not so much related to diet and exercise. Uh, I'm going to call it the evolution of the modern workplace and career dynamics. And of course, this has been prompted by the global quarantine, but I think it's kind of an awakening that we can leverage to be something really super positive, and that is more uh, independent working, home-based working, uh, kind of a hybrid of a home and office experience. I've actually been living this for the past uh, 25 years since I first got my long dis- got my first long distance job. I commuted to the Bay Area, I commuted to Los Angeles, and um, it was sort of an interesting back and forth where I'd have a physical presence in the office with my coworkers and meetings and consultations and brainstorming, and then I'd go home in my cave and produce a lot of uh, focused output. So I feel like I had the best of both worlds when I was working for Champion Nutrition, Cytosport, uh, the spinning program, the spinning indoor exercise program, Interwoven Software Company, and of course, Primal Blueprint and Mark Sisson based down there in LA when I was up here in Northern California. Uh, so I think a lot of people are experiencing this, the beauty of having that increased flexibility and especially uh, doing away with some of the most ridiculous aspects of modern society. Society, I'm going to pinpoint the morning rush hour commute as the craziest thing uh, I, I can imagine and so stupid and such an incredible waste of time. Uh, this epiphany came to me many years ago at my first job when I had left the beautiful college campus of UC Santa Barbara where bicycling is the main mode of transportation and everything is self-contained in the world-famous college town of Isla Vista where all the students are compacted into the most densely populated square mile west of the Mississippi and you just pedal right over onto the adjacent campus and it's so simple and wonderful and then all the sudden I find myself teleported to uh, the gnarly uh, rush hour traffic in Los Angeles commuting from uh, my home, my parents' home, uh, an hour and 15 minutes each way to the high-rise downtown wearing that suit and tie and just wondering if uh, this is what life's all about. And I couldn't believe how miserable and uh, uh, disturbing the morning and evening commute were. In fact, I'd be so exhausted on my evening commute home that I would be uh, in danger of falling asleep at the wheel. It was so tough on me. And then I'd pull over at the park uh, on the way home and I'd say, well, I'm so tired. I really can't do a proper training session, but I'll just start jogging and see if I can run a mile or two and kind of feel better. And as soon as I got out of the car and laced up my shoes and set off into the nice, cool evening air, I'd feel fantastic. So it was all (laughs) like mental and also the physical aspects of being in a confined metal box and the stale air and the whole thing. Uh, making you uh, tired and miserable behind the wheel and traveling 15 to 20 miles an hour, not much fun either, thinking, gee, I could go faster on my bike. Maybe I'll try that one day. I actually did try that when I worked for spinning and uh, was uh, working, uh, staying with uh, my, my parents and my family home in San Fernando Valley. And the office was over in West Los Angeles. Anyone familiar with LA traffic knows this 405 freeway is one of the worst in the entire United States. It's just jam packed. And there is 
no such thing as rush hour. It's the rush hours of most of the chunk of the day, uh, you know, from 5.30, 6 a.m. all the way till 10.45, the thing's slow going. And so I had basically the worst commute set up for me. But if I rode my mountain bike over the mountain trails and busted over to uh, west side of LA and, and cruise through the proper streets, I could get to the office faster than driving my car. And this was about a 20 mile commute. So uh, that made for a fun morning. And um, boy, the the rush hour, when you think about why does everyone absolutely positively have to be on the road at the same time? Can't we think more creatively? Can't we have more flexible work schedules? And it per, it perpetuated until uh, 2020, when I, my first insights were coming to me in 1986, when I was commuting, it's like, okay, finally. And I think we're going to see a point of no return where we'll never go back to that inefficient uh, lifestyle and health compromising patterns of the old days in the name of commerce. So I think that's a huge uh, boost or a positive takeaway that we can get from uh, the horror of having to endure uh, a global pandemic. Um, what's going to happen with the economic repercussions here? As an aside to a health and fitness show, I think some interesting things are afoot. What could we see? Maybe we'll see a, uh, a huge decline in the extremely elite pricing that you see in urban areas. Um, you can get a small apartment in New York City for 3888 a month. I know because I visited one. And if you imagine that monthly outlay uh, applied to housing opportunities in super cool up-and-coming areas like Nashville or Boise, uh, oh my gosh, the quality of life change is phenomenal. Um, same with the classic uh, standard everyday home in Santa Monica, Brentwood, Beverly Hills area of Los Angeles, where you're paying two to three million to get what most people would be considered you know, a template house that you'll see across the country, three bedrooms, two bathrooms, 2,000 square feet, whatever, um, apply that to a different housing market. And it's like, oh, <laughs> you like horses, sweetie? We can get a horse corral. How about tennis? You want to have a tennis court and a swimming pool too? Oh boy. Yeah. Huge difference. Um, previously, I think it was impossible for a lot of us to imagine because the, um, the, the culture was so different and you're, you know, moving out to the boonies and you're giving up all these wonderful attributes that we see in the urban centers where, um, you know, the, the centerpiece of whatever it is that you like, music, healthy eating, uh, interesting uh, diverse restaurants, um, connection with um, similar hobbies. Like if you want to do triathlon, you can join a triathlon training group in an urban center that might not be available to you in Santa Fe, New Mexico, or what have you. Uh, but I think in the last 10, 15, 20 years, thanks to the connection afforded by the internet, uh, we have seen a rapid escalation of progressive culture all over the place. And it's pretty cool. I know a lot of people in the local mindset are disappointed with the overrun. Uh, the tech workers come into Austin, Texas, and the place is transformed from uh, a simple state capital town to the epicenter of coolness and progressive culture anywhere on the planet, uh, not to mention uh, podcast hosts extraordinaire, <laughs> Peter Tia, Joe Rogan, Tim Ferriss, uh, Rip Esselstyn, everybody's moving down to Austin, Texas 
Texas if they're cool and popular enough. Uh, but I've been visiting there for so long and I've always loved it. There's so much uh, positive energy there, healthy eating, healthy fit population, just like Boulder, Colorado has always been lauded for having the fittest and most outdoor adventurous population anywhere. And boy, um, the price to pay now to be in these epicenters of culture is pretty extreme and also some adverse effects of the incredible rapid growth of uh, you know places like Boulder and Austin, which have now become tech centers and they have rush hour commutes and traffic and all that stuff that maybe some people originally moved there to get away from. But today, wow, wherever you go, if you look carefully, you can see this proliferation of coolness in satellite areas all over the place. Um, Sacramento, uh, where I've spent a lot of time in the last 25 years, um, you just walk down uh, an individual street and see the transformation of what you saw, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago. And now they have colonic clinics and corner stores that are healthy, natural foods, independent providers of, uh, you know, massage therapy, crystal stores, CrossFit box, uh, cycling, indoor cycling centers, all that kind of thing. Same with uh, Bend, Oregon or Nashville or St. Louis. Oh my gosh, a few years ago, I went over to St. Louis and did a, a seminar for Primal Living, uh, talking about our Primal Blueprint books and was invited to a potluck dinner by the local uh, Primal Paleo Club. And I might as well have been in Santa Monica or Manhattan with the energy and the interest and the level of knowledge and commitment to uh, what would be called a alternative or progressive way of life here in uh, whatever St. Louis, boom, pull, put your finger on a map, head there, and you'll probably find uh, a cool aspect that'll agree with you if you're thinking of relocating and applying that extremely high cost of living to a more affordable place. And so every person that you know makes an exodus from uh, San Francisco Bay Area or New York and cruises on down to Sarasota, Florida or whatever their uh, relocation pattern is, they're kind of bringing a lot of that uh, positive energy with them, hopefully. Although I just had a talk with Rob Wolf on the podcast uh, where he's considering moving from that hotbed Austin area up to Montana for a lesser population and less uh, hectic and uh, complexity. And he says, in some cases, people uh, might want to tread more lightly when they in introduce and integrate into a new area. Uh, where their energy might not be aligned. And that's something to really pay attention to. And I mentioned uh, up in Auburn, where I used to live uh, with all the running trails in the American River Canyon, uh, people would come up from the urban center of Sacramento. And those runners kind of, sort of, at times treated the trail differently than maybe the local who was a seasoned ultra runner and spent you know days and years out in the canyons. You might see more energy gel wrappers uh, discarded in the bushes uh, I guess maybe they're thinking that the park service is going to come pick up after them or something that happens when you're running on a well-traveled urban trail. Just a quick example. <laughs> uh, but that's an interesting one. And I'm sure many people listening uh, are affected or have it in play. Uh, I know it was a... Um, interesting decision to move up to Lake Tahoe and get closer to nature. And I feel that's more important than ever these days. Uh, and that leads us to the next item on the list, which has to do with technology. Whew, yes, this is my, my pet peeve. My pet project is how this is taking over uh, our lives and the tremendous importance these days of exercising 
discipline, restraint, selectivity, and being proactive with your use of technology rather than reactive and letting it define your life. And when the text message ding goes off, you reach for it reflexively and you disengage from whatever conversation or important thing you're doing at the time. So ah, we can hope and pray that some uh, progress comes in this area. Again, I'm trying to predict the future here. So hopefully uh, we're going to see more discipline, restraint, selectivity, and proactivity when it comes to technology use. But uh, in addition to hoping and praying, it's time to wake up to the reality that we're getting brainwashed by the world's leading experts that are vying for our attention. And whew, uh, this guy, Tristan Harris, has put out some interesting content. He's the co-founder of the Center for Humane Technology. Uh, I did a breather show honoring some of his work. He had a nice long conversation with Joe Rogan. You can listen there. Uh, but he describes some of the insidious forces in uh, the leading technology providers where the content that we're engaging with is being uh, uh, targeted uh, to create uh, divisiveness, confirmation bias, and additional use. So it's sort of um, salacious and tantalizing in a way that's maybe not authentic and totally information-based because the main goal of all the providers of technology, all the big players in, in the internet, is to engage as much of our attention as possible. The more attention they uh, grab from us, the more money they make. So they have some of the smartest folks in the world figuring out ways to keep us stuck on Facebook longer than we intended or the tips and tricks that will uh, suck us in and keep us in for a long time. Uh, so uh, Harris explains that these algorithms that they make to draw you in and use technology for a longer time uh, are sort of uh, setting up what you think is an authentic experience, but it's a stylized experience where you're not no longer in the driver's seat. So when you type in that first search on Google, like average number of prescriptions uh, taken by uh, average American, and the answer is, I think, 12.8. I was just looking that up today in, in the course of conversation. Holy crap, that's average average is 12 prescriptions? The average person is rocking 12 prescriptions in their medicine cabinet? That's horrifying. Uh, but then if you continue to engage and click through on this topic, you might find things like advertising-driven uh, landing sites or uh, shocking articles that will uh, alarm you, create uh, anger, and these emotional reactions that uh, draw us in deeper, especially when it comes to the hot topics of the day like politics, right? So... This is um, uh, designed to create divisiveness, confirmation bias, and things that get us really riled up. Uh, so from this breather show on managing tech addiction, we can give you uh, a few tidbits here, but please go listen to the whole show. And this is a quote from Harris. I'm an expert on how technology hijacks our psychological vulnerabilities. And he references his time uh, as a magician when he was a young person. Magicians start by looking for blind spots edges, vulnerabilities, and limits of people's perception so they can influence what people do without them even realizing it. This is exactly what product designers do to your mind. They mess in with your mind. They play with your psychological vulnerabilities consciously and unconsciously, and they hold them against you in a race to grab your attention. Here is a gnarly top 10 list of ways that the 
social media producers and internet giants uh, mess with your head and vie for your attention. Um, one of them, number one on the list, we're going to hit these really quickly, more details in that breather show. Number one is creating the illusion of free choice, like you're in control, you're pressing the buttons that you want, but really you're being driven and steered to uh, things that they want you to do. Uh, this concept of intermittent variable rewards is what makes social media and mobile technology so addictive. Uh, the intermittent variable rewards is best represented by a slot machine, right? So every time you pull the slot, the reason slots are addictive is because you never know. You could win the jackpot, you could lose. Uh, it's a new thing every time. There's nothing that you can count on or uh, consistent or reliable about it. So you have to be on the edge of your seat, triggering that dopamine hit every single time you pull the slot machine or engage with your Instagram feed, right? You're going to open that thing up and you're going to hear from different people with different pictures and different stories. And so it is a guaranteed reliable dopamine hit. Same with the text message ding. Who's the text from? What's it all about? We don't know. We better reach for it and check it out. Uh, so they're also guilty of creating FOMO, the disease state that's uh, epidemic these days. Listen to my show with Dr. Ron Sinha, where he talks about his patients in the uh, Silicon Valley, the, the highest paid workers possibly in the world, and how they still have this uh, state of FOMO that is messing with their lives and their physical health so much that he actually identifies it as uh, directly correlating to metabolic disease because uh, it's higher uh, levels of stress hormones, chronic overproduction of stress hormones because it's keeping up with the Joneses and the rat race in its highest form when you're in that uh, high income, high affluence area, right? And uh, nothing better than uh, going on to social media and looking at your friends toasting you in that Christmas card, Christmas picture from Hawaii or wherever they are while you're sitting in your cubicle uh, wishing that your life could be better and uh, as good as the uh, the projections on social media. Um, number four on the list is emphasizing social approval. So we're driven to hit that like button. We want to receive the likes ourselves and they're preying upon our good graces because we want to reciprocate and, um, uh, not leave people hanging when they like your post or follow you. Of course, uh, you're obligated to follow them back. And that's number five on the list is that social reciprocity or four and five together would be playing upon the good graces of humans, our politeness and our sensitivity to others. Uh, number six is the uh, technology of infinite programming. Yes, when did that actually kick in? I think Harris gave some actual dates when once upon a time, YouTube was, hey, go in there and type uh, six dog greyhound race turns into seven. <laughs> and, and please do that because that is the hardest I've laughed. I've watched it so many times over the years. It's always fantastic. Um, the, the the video has like 121,000 views, but like three or 4,000 of them are mine. So it really only has 117 individual users. Yes, six dog greyhound race turns into seven. And then my other favorite greyhound one, greyhound falls, but still wins race and you will die laughing. But that's an example of a proactive engagement with YouTube, which I uh, totally support. Uh, but then with the infinite programming technology, what happens when you watch that six dog greyhound race turns into seven, you are going to autoplay the next uh, video in their lineup that they deem to be uh, appropriate and most capable of engaging more of your precious time. Uh, I remember in Harris's show with Joe Rogan, he was talking about uh, if a 
uh, a teenage girl, right? They know who we are now and our ages and our interests. If a teenage girl types in something about dieting, um, they will uh, be delivered content referencing anorexia because the experts have shown that that's the most salacious and that's the most likely to draw in a, a teenage girl who might be wanting to look for healthy eating advice. And instead, they're getting uh, commentary on a serious disease. Pretty crazy, scary stuff. So that's the infinite programming. Uh, number seven is the instant interruption. Quote, maximizing interruptions in the name of business creates a tragedy of the commons, ruining global attention spans and causing billions of unnecessary interruptions each day, right? That's when we fail to exercise the discipline to turn off these apps. Uh, I've heard some experts talk about how they delete um, social media apps from their mobile phone and only engage with them in a desktop manner so that it's not interfering with their uh, roaming around, having an enjoyable day, maybe enjoying the outdoors or exercise or a hike or shopping in the market and interacting with other humans. So the instant interruption is a big deal. Uh, number eight is bundling your reasons for engaging with technology with their reasons. So, hey, how about this? I met someone at the supermarket because I was paying attention instead of looking down at my phone. And I said, what's your uh, Facebook account? I'll follow you. So I open up Facebook, I type in their name, and I click the button to follow them. But in the act of doing that, I am also asked by Facebook to answer to a 100 uh, friend requests, right? So my reason was to engage and add one person to my, my group. And I am uh, thrown in with a whole bunch of other decisions and pressures, bundling the reasons. Uh, number nine is inconvenient choices. Uh, for example, that Harris gives, if you want to cancel your subscription to the New York Times, you get not a one button click away, see you later, but a succession of uh, windows and offerings, making sure and making sure again that you really want to do it. So even even the choice to disengage is difficult. Uh, next is forecasting errors for how much time it's going to take. So when I meet the person in the supermarket and I say, oh, I'd love to add you to my uh, following or I'd love to follow you. And I go in there to do a quick 30 second act, but then I have to answer to a hundred uh, friend requests or whatever's going on in there. Uh, this is the quote, true cost of a click in your time. Uh, credit to medium.com. That's a great subscription website that has some really cool articles on different topics. And on most of their articles, there's a little uh, designation uh, under the title that says seven minute read or five minute read. And uh, it kind of gives you a predicted estimate for how long it's going to take to engage with this uh, offering. So uh, in conclusion, uh, from Harris's list, he says, are you upset that technology hijacks your agency? I am too. These are just a few of the ways that the, the big guys do it. And there are literally thousands of others, people working all day, very smart people to get you hooked. The ultimate freedom is a free mind and we need technology that's on our team to help us live, feel, think and act freely. So if you're more interested in this topic, go check out the website, uh, the Center for Humane Technology. And at the very least it can do is increase your awareness. So ending this uh, item on the list, uh, what does Brad say to do? First of all, let's heighten our awareness of this. 
heighten your awareness of how many times you reach for your phone. One of my early shows was with Dr. Alicia Goldstein of the California Center for Mindfulness in uh, Los Angeles. And um, he was uh, talking during the show about how people um, turn off all their beeps and dings and buzzers. And I was so proud of myself listening to him uh, talk about this because I definitely have made a, uh, a huge effort to do that. So I don't want any sounds going off except for the phone ringing. So my texts are quiet. Uh, there's no, uh, what do you call them, alerts or things that are going to distract me. It's up to me to be proactive and go pull up uh, a social media app or whatever. And he says, uh, at the end of his uh, description, he's go, he goes, and those people that turn off all their dings and, and buzzers and alerts, they have to reach for their phone a ton of times a day because they're afraid they might miss something. I'm like, oh shit, the guy's right. <laughs> you know, I don't know if I got a text message. Uh, and if I'm waiting one, waiting for one or expecting one or wondering if I got one, I have to reach for my phone. The average person reaches for their phone 150 times per day. <sighs> and there's nothing you can do, including turning off the dings, except for to heighten your awareness and try to put that thing away. So one of the suggestions I have on this topic that's worked for me is to build in other rituals and habits in daily life that keep you in balance. My favorite example, which I've talked about uh, quite frequently recently, is my morning flexibility, mobility, core strengthening, leg strengthening routine that's escalated in degree of difficulty and commitment over time, escalated very gracefully. So it's still something that I do easily without thinking about it, without needing to apply creative energy or willpower. I just get up and I know the first thing I do every day. My streak is now right around four years, maybe more, that I haven't missed a single day. I do the leg swinging and all the stuff you can see on YouTube. We'll put the link in the notes. It's called Brad Kern's Morning Routine. You can see my old one and how it's evolved to the new one filmed in 2020. And it's pretty tough. It's pretty. It's a pretty sincere commitment. Uh, what started as a 12-minute routine back in 2017 now takes a minimum of 35 minutes. And it feels like I've done a pretty darn good workout without even thinking about it or counting it as one of my official workouts. But I know every single day when the day starts that the first 35 minutes are without mobile technology. What do I do when I finish the routine? Do I reach right for my phone? Yeah, sometimes. I mean, uh, what the heck? But at least I have this built-in pattern where I'm not getting dragged away from my highest priorities and the way that I want to spend my day and start my morning because the addictive nature of technology makes it a very tough battle. Uh, Dr. Kelly Starrett on our great show uh, a couple of years back, He's the expert in mobility, flexibility, uh, physical therapy. Uh, his site, thereadystate.com, is a wonderful uh, resource for uh, getting fit and healthy and preventing injury. Uh, but during the show, he kind of segued away from his area of main expertise into his area of main interest and concern in modern life, which is this uh, over overcoming of technology taking over. And he was harping on things like uh, plugging your phone in outside of your bedroom so you won't be tempted. So we can think we're strong enough and disciplined and motivated enough, or you hear the show and you go back and for the next week, you're really good about not reaching for your phone first thing in the morning. But we have to build in systems and patterns that make it easy for us to succeed, right? What about if you have a massage appointment once a week? 
and you make that commitment to yourself. I think it's money well spent. I think there's a lot of therapeutic and health benefits to it. And one of them is you don't have your damn phone on during the massage. I don't know. Some people, where did I see that? Uh, was it on the um, one of the Lance Armstrong videos where he was uh, on the table and then looking through the, uh, the head hole uh, to a phone he was holding in his hand? Uh, so it's possible to... Uh, to break that rule, but most of the time you're in a massage, you're uh, letting go your world's problems. Same with doing uh, heat or cold therapy, um, taking your uh, mobile device into a 180 degree sauna. I will guarantee you that pretty soon you'll get the uh, alert message on the phone screen saying too hot to use. And that'll be the last time you even attempt something like that when you're in there for a sauna session, uh, performing a meditation session, uh, committing to hobbies like drawing. Drawing, uh, building Legos. I used to love to do clay sculpture when I had more time. Somehow it's not fitting into my routine anymore, but I got really good at doing dogs. That's all I did. So I'd go into the clay studio once a week and I'd just work on my dog game, man, and work on another dog, another dog, another dog. Nothing else. I had no other interest in sculpting anything else. Anyway, it was great. And I didn't have my phone on when I was uh, hands dirty full of clay doing a dog. So there you go. And that is number five, disciplining your use of technology on. We go to number six, and we will hit six, seven, eight, and nine in the next show. Thank you so much for listening. What's coming ahead? Number six, prioritizing live social interaction and your intimate circle of family and friends. Number seven, evolving your love relationships to the next level. This can make or break your health in general, your hormone status, your longevity, like no other thing. And number eight, reprogramming your brain. That's right. The neuroplasticity of your brain has the potential to be rewired and reprogrammed. You can go from glass half empty to glass half full type of person. You can handle these issues that got programmed into you when you were a child. The flawed subconscious childhood programming that plays out every day in our behavior patterns. Fun stuff coming up. And number nine, last but not least, taking baby steps to achieve your goals rather than getting overwhelmed and struggling and failing and giving up. That's what's coming on the next show. Thank you for listening to part two. Thank you for listening to the show. I love sharing the experience with you and greatly appreciate your support. Please email podcast at bradventures.com with feedback, suggestions, and questions for the Q&A shows. Subscribe to our email list at bradkerns.com for a weekly blast about the published episodes and a wonderful bi-monthly newsletter edition with informative articles and practical tips for all aspects of healthy living. You can also download several awesome free ebooks when you subscribe to the email list. And if you could go to the trouble to leave a five or five star review with Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen to the shows, that would be super incredibly awesome. It helps raise the profile of the BRAD podcast and attract new listeners. And did you know that you can share a show with a friend or loved one by just hitting a few buttons in your player and firing off a text message? My awesome podcast player called Overcast allows you to actually record a soundbite excerpt from the episode you're listening to and fire it off with a quick text message. Thank you so much for spreading the word. And remember, be rad. It's time to be all that you can be in 23, starting with a cold plunge to get a natural boost in energy. 
focus, discipline, and resilience. The plunge can provide you with all that brilliance. This is the ultimate home cold water therapy experience, a sleek, slick, custom-designed unit that gives you ready access to a cold bath of clean, filtered, circulating water that you can set to your desired temperature. Don't fool around lugging bags of ice from the supermarket for once-in-a-while action. Get the plunge so you will actually stick with your protocol and enjoy it. Visit thecoldplunge.com to learn all about this sensational product and the benefits of therapeutic cold water exposure. They'll deliver a plunge to your home for free, and then you have easy, simple setup, regular plug-in, and you're off and running. I set mine to 39. I don't spend a lot of time, but the experience is prime, and I'm focused and energized for a fantastic day and more resilient against all other forms of stress in life. Take the plunge, people, and also check out their new Rebounder Mini Trampoline to pair with plunging and optimize lymphatic function. It's all at thecoldplunge.com, and you can't lose with their generous 30-day money-back guarantee and special discount for BRAD podcast listeners using the code BRAD, thecoldplunge.com.